2: oh Phoenix!
0: Hey yo! Why should you visit the chairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish.
2: Greg DeMarco Show
3: best in all his future endeavors.
1: This is my yard now. What is up? A very happy Wednesday to you here on the Babyface Heel podcast. The Babyface Heel podcast because there's two sides to every storyline. My name is Greg DeMarco. I am the heel. Patrick O'Dowd is the babyface and Miranda Morales is stuck in the middle, forced to be the referee, the peacekeeper, the tweener, but also free to choose sides as she wishes. Of course, the Babyface Heel podcast is part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which is part of... TheChairShot.com.
0: TheChairShot.com. Always
1: use your head. You can follow along at ChairShot Media. You can also listen to this show at TheChairShot.com and also any of your favorite streaming platforms like iTunes, which is really Apple Podcasts, but everybody knows iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, and so many more. So go ahead and like, subscribe, Leave us that five star review on any one of your favorite platforms. Be a friend and tell a friend. Let them know about this great podcast out there, this great radio network out there that they should be listening to. That brings them sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment all in one place here at the shot Radio Network. You can follow me on social media at Chairshot Greg. Patrick O'Dowd is the Wrestling Realist. You can follow him at Wrestling Realist, and that's W R E S T L N G. R e a l i s t. There's no "i" in wrestling, but there is one in realist, and there is one in Patrick for the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. It seems so weird to bring you in when we just recorded the podcast right before this one.
2: I know it's it's crazy. I'm happy to be back though. And and we recorded hey. Chair
1: Shot Radio. We did not record the Triple H podcast. So that <laughs> is, <that laughs> is, that is you
2: well, you know, <laughs> it's 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 still on the table considering
1: Um, we announced it in march of 2020 (laughs) yeah it's still on the table (laughs) and we're now in july i mean it's it's
2: there yes
1: speaking of podcasts that never happen miranda and i are also not covering episodes of lucha underground but you can follow her on facebook and instagram (laughs) but not the twitter because she is the twitterless heroine she is at the hashtag miranda miranda spelled out she's the queen of soft style miranda morales
3: Mm -hmm. Those, I mean, these are floating concepts, you know, when you're in the world of podcasting as we all are, you know, you just know that sometimes uh, concepts get shifted around uh, timelines, you know, it's just part part of the business. I mean,
1: there are people out there that struggle because I get texts from them and and when they're writing and podcasting or whatever, that can't come up with an idea to save their lives at some points. So to have too many ideas is okay. But it comes that also the is word. me
3: when I have no ideas, right. but right. yet so many ideas, it's a conundrum, yeah, wrapped in a mystery in an enigma. It is, and,
1: and so when when you know, so I'll take this problem over the other problem any day of the week, and yeah. Other than this, so 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 I don't we don't have any any chair shop business talk about any announcements to make I, we always talk about this on the hashtag Miranda Show but I want to share it here just because um, in case anybody's listening and, and wants to catch up if you are planning so so we're talking about IZW Grand Prix which takes place on Saturday August twenty eighth I'll be there Miranda will be there Patrick won't be there but at least unless he changes his mind it's a really bad Maybe time he's to do
3: it. Can we have a cardboard cutout of Pat there?
1: I mean, if he sends us one, maybe. I ain't paying for it.
3: Get on it, Pat.
2: I got
1: banners I got to get people, Uh, so yeah,
2: I'm not. I'll get right on that. You just. Okay, just maybe a
3: face, like a head.
2: Ooh, that'd be cool. We we could screenshot my face and just.
3: Yeah, while you really you're watching on the banners, people, Greg, get one of just Pat's face.
1: This is a big thing he wanted to do during the, the chair shot radio was screenshot your face. Oh,
2: the the elaborate the elaborate prank?
1: Yes, the elaborate prank. See, I told him uh, about your internet being fixed and how you now don't have the internet problems that you've had before, Miranda. And, and he said it would be a great prank if you somehow were to mimic freezing and take a screenshot of yourself, and and then share, and you know, present in the presentation, and then put it up there. And it was like, A, that's that sounds like a whole lot of work, and and B, I'll just say something that you vehemently disagree with, and you'll just stare at me, and it'll have the same effect. And, and this is the life I live anyway. So um, this is Patrick O'Dowd's uh, fascination today with screenshots. So that's that's how we got here.
3: Yeah. That's how we got
2: here.
0: For those of you who keep I'm a firm
2: believer in harder, not smarter.
0: Yes.
3: Obviously. (laughs) Yes. Um. I mean, I appreciate appreciate the spirit of the prank. I think that would be great. Uh, But there's there's a few holes as far as, yeah, you would know I'm sharing my screen. Yeah. So I feel like. I'd probably have that, to give you permission
1: to share your screen, first of all. Like, you probably can't just share your screen.
3: Yeah. As that. as
2: a middle-aged white dude who doesn't really care about technology, I don't understand complicated things like knowing that my screen has been shared. Your your flashing lights and moving pictures confuse me. Yes, they do. I'm just a simple caveman.
1: You are, who can record <laughs> and host his own podcast now. So.
2: I mean, yeah. it took me like six months to learn how to do it. It maybe did, yeah. It might have, and and I still don't do all of it. <laughs> it's okay. <I> guess so. <laughs> Thanks, Dave.
1: It's quite all right. It's it, it's fine. It works. Um, so I don't know how we got where we are now, but this is where we are. We um, we
3: were talking. Uh, we were talking about uh, IZW Grand Prix. That's right.
1: Yes. Thank you for reminding me because I would have not brought it back up. I try to help as much as possible. Right. Couches sold out. Front row VIP sells out. I opened up more front row VIP tickets, did around a holiday, which is a challenge sometime, right? And then poof, yesterday, every single one of them sold all in a day. Uh, not all the same person either, just, just multiple purchases happened. And next thing you know, they're all gone again. So we're back down to general admission. Follow at IZW Wrestling AZ, pick up your tickets. And, and yeah, Saturday, August 28th. We're going to have the the, the tag team tournament. Very excited about that, as well as some great other matchups to go along with it. So be there, uh, or you'll miss out at Sun Studios of Arizona on Saturday, August 28th. We'd love to see you there. Have a lot of fun and be a part of that. So again, we're down to general admission tickets. More announcements are to come. Um, Yeah, and I'm not even going to tease the other stuff because it's not official yet. But yeah, more announcements are to come. So that is that. Um, Before we get into our topics, though... We got to go to a commercial break. And, and before we go to a commercial break, Miranda, I, I'm guessing there's something you got to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much my job, Greg. I don't know if you've like, been here before or done this, but it's
1: my first day I here.
3: Just, yeah. First day. Yeah. Yeah. First no, day. no worries. Uh, I'm just filling we'll in onboarding. for the
1: other
3: host. We'll, <laughs> we'll get that onboarding process smoothed out. Uh, well, if you see in your notes, uh, paragraph two section a uh, you'll get some instructions there to wind it up it's time! yes it is indeed time for you yes you to go to pro wrestling com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own chair shot t-shirt today if you go to pro wrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're gonna find over 25 different t-shirt designs and support of the chairshot.com. That includes multiple always use your head t-shirts, the OG chair shot logo, the official, unofficial t-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, hashtag save tag team wrestling, the queen of Soft style shirt, and Everybody hates gray. So pick up your T-shirt today. They start at $19.99, but if you want to spend a few extra dollars, you can upgrade and get your T-shirt in soft style. You can also customize the color and so much more. So go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your T-shirt today. That is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot.
0: Promotional consideration
2: paid for by the following.
0: Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chairshot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their
2: amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code chairshot to save 10%.
1: That's angrylemonade.net. All right. So, this weekend It's a pay-per-view. It's WWE Money in the Bank. And it is the first pay-per-view outside of WrestleMania that takes place back in front of real live fans taking the typical show on the road this coming weekend with the live SmackDown, live Money in the Bank pay-per-view, a super show on Saturday, Raw on Monday. It's all happening this coming weekend. So excited for that part. But that means we got some matches to talk about, some matches to pick, and we're going to do that here today on the program and we're going old school where we talk about who, who should win, who will win for all of our matches. And we'll kind of pick things out for WWE Money in the Bank. Before we do that, however, one of the matches not on the card is Bianca Belair defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Bailey in an I Quit match. And that's because, well, Bailey reportedly has a torn ACL, MCL, depending on what you read, that took place during workouts at the performance center, which were done to get people back in shape to return to the road, which of course is taking place this week. And there's a lot of different opinions on this fact. The fact that uh this led to uh, what you know you could call a catastrophic injury for Bailey. She's gonna be at, at least nine months and and could even put her, you know, appearing at WrestleMania 38 in jeopardy. So what I want to hear from you guys' is thoughts on Just in general, like, was this a bad idea? Does Bailey's injury prove that they shouldn't have done this? Where are we at on how Bailey got injured and, and what it means for the company? Miranda, we'll start with you and your thoughts overall on the Bailey injury and how it took place.
3: I really take it as just an unfortunate accident. I think it was important for the company to start, even though, uh, you know, who we have on, on TV every week, you know, they wrestle regularly, um, that they haven't had an on the road schedule in, you know, 16 plus months. Um, and so to be able to get back on the road and get back kind of in, in that working order, um, take some time and some practice. And I think it was important to kind of assess and evaluate, uh, Uh, where people are at physically it sounds again i mean that is how they presented it it was just a a freak accident and it just happens in this business where accidents happen and, and things happen um it does suck because especially being on the cusp of coming back in front of a live audience this was going to be a big you know testament to you know bailey's character in turn and i know kind of jumping ahead of that but um You know, I think that it was a responsible thing for WWE to um, have this process to evaluate talent and and kind of let them know, too, you know, what this on the road schedule is going to to look like. But I mean, it it sucks. You know, it sucks that it happened this way. It sucks that she's going to be out for so long um, because of all the people who've really made an impact and presence in the Thunderdome Bailey was one and to now be able to go back in front of a live audience and have her work and what she's done, you know, over the past year translate to a live crowd would have been awesome to see.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying there. Patrick O'Dowd, what do you think on the freak injury and the fact that it even happened?
2: Yeah, I think the word that first popped into my mind was unfortunate, just the unfortunate timing of, of how this all happened. And I, I guess for me, you know, the nature of, like, what caused her to get injured, okay, like, I, I just didn't see anything wrong with what was what was happening, what the, the purpose of the training and all that. If she had gotten hurt in at the gym just to work it out, like, does that somehow vilify her working out at the gym, you know, on the road? I, I, I don't know. So I think it's silly to, if for anybody to get up in arms over some – like question of, of responsibility. I do think that, um, you know, the the WWE is trying to like Miranda said, get everybody ready to go and and back out on the road and, and get back into that routine. And sometimes people get hurt and it, it's a terrible injury, but we're also, it's also a recoverable injury. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it sucks, but I, I don't, I feel bad for Bailey that she was on the cusp. Like she's really been one of the bright spots of the pandemic era and the Thunderdome, you know, shows, whether she's wrestling or not. And the nice thing is, is if they really wanted to, that you could find a way to keep her, her momentum without having her have to work. She's that talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, I remember years ago when Randy Orton got injured and he was doing his Randy News Network updates on his recovery and it was cheesy and over the top and campy, but Bailey could do her own rendition of that which would be more mean spirited as she already did when she talked about it on SmackDown on Friday, um which is great because it's so easy to bring Bailey back in nine to 10 months or whatever and have her get a hero's welcome and, and be this big, you know, baby face hero on the show. And obviously Bailey ain't having none of that. Like she's, she's doesn't intend to come back in that manner whatsoever. So kudos to her for, for doing what she did. Cause if you want to bring sympathy for a beloved performer, not necessarily a beloved character, but a beloved performer, right. you could very easily do that at this point yeah. with Bailey. Um, I, on the topic of, of the workouts, so this could have – I mean anybody can get injured at any time, right? That's just part of wrestling. Injuries are part of wrestling. It's, it's the nature of the piece of what we're doing. I don't have a problem with the mandatory workouts returning to the road. In a lot of cases, people were working once a week, once every two weeks. People had weeks off at a time because of contact tracing with COVID and all this. Like that consistency has not been there. And there's a big difference in being ready to work a match – Every week versus being ready to be on the road. Now you're not on the road as much, right? The the schedule has changed. Now you've got super shows, which are a combination of Raw and SmackDown talent, but they're not all the Raw and SmackDown talent. So you might work one weekend and not the other. You're still going to have a lot less time and travel, but it's going to be a shock to the system of anybody who hasn't been traveling. Now someone like Bailey has has moved back to California. Doesn't even live in uh, in Orlando anymore. So she's been traveling. Once a week, once every two weeks, depending on the taping schedule. Don't ask me how I know that, but I know that she, she moved back to California. Um, and so, so that she's been traveling. You've been having to do that. Whereas some people live in Orlando and they were already working out at the performance center. So it's easy for them to do, but look at the NFL. Even though the schedule has changed so much, there's still OTAs. There's still training camp. You don't just show up and hit the field and start playing an NFL football game. You have to train and get ready and get your body ready. So to me, it makes perfect sense. And WWE likes to pretend they're the NFL anyway with the way they do their draft. But it's it makes perfect sense to do what they're doing and, and to make it happen. So I have no problem with what happened. I have no problem with how it happened. It sucks for Bayley. But here's the other part of it. Remember WrestleMania 36 or 37? No Charlotte Flair. Charlotte was healthy. Charlotte was capable. Charlotte was available. Did not wrestle at WrestleMania 37. Did wrestle the night or did come back the next day. We're going to go back on the road and and all these people are going to be lauded and they're all going to get amazing reactions. They're going to put in amazing performances. But you need somebody else to pop back up in nine to ten months because you (laughs) got a freshman. That's going to be Bailey right? Where everybody's waiting for the other shoe to drop and for Becky Lynch to come back. And WWE today posted an old video of, of, you know, Brock Lesnar being the next big thing. A few days before money in the bank, you know, think that's, that that's an accident. Probably not. So there's always comebacks and those comebacks are always exciting. And however Bailey returns will be the jolt that a product needs at the time it takes place. So, from that standpoint, Bailey's gonna be okay. She's made at this point. Like, like what she did after the heel turn throughout the pandemic, and she didn't turn heel during the pandemic. I mean, we saw her before the pandemic live at SmackDown in Phoenix, and she had already been champion for several months and had already been a heel. So we uh you know, she she's been she's been this version of Bailey for quite a while now and it, it sticks and it works and, and I think it'll continue to work long term for the Bailey character and where she is and, and and what she's doing. Um but yeah, it sucks. It sucks for her and it sucks for where she is, but she knew what she got into and obviously she's gonna handle it well. Do we does she disappear completely or do we continue to get updates? Miranda, what do you think?
3: Uh, that's a good question because there's Kind of value in both. Um, there's value in continuing to see her at some capacity. I mean, you mentioned, you know, uh, the the Randy News uh, network kind of segments uh, and, and something like that could be great for her to kind of keep working and capitalizing on her ever improving promo skills. Um, But I also think there could, and you can never know, maybe she pops up. I think someone had a a funny comment on social media about, you know, having her join the SmackDown commentary team and having her and Pat McAfee on the same commentary team would be hilarious. Um, But also... Again, how can we miss you if you don't leave? Um, I don't think anybody is asking her to leave, but I know wrestling fans can be very fickle with their fandom. And at whatever moment they feel like they're getting too much of somebody, they start to turn. And so if at any point fans feel like they're getting too much of Bailey. even through injury they're going to start to turn and stop caring so being able to kind of have some radio silence from her and then come back is almost like oh I forgot about Bailey," and then she comes back I think could have an enormous reaction so I kind of am torn because I think that visibility and to be able to capitalize on how well her promos have, have improved and reach fans would be a great way to keep her on the forefront but I also see value in not having her around and fans just kind of forgetting about her and having a huge, huge pop when she does come back.
1: And and I want to table the commentary comment you made for a second, but you talked about the huge pop when she comes back. And, and that's where I want to go because yeah, she'll get a huge pop when she comes back. But Patrick O'Dowd, do you want a huge pop when Bailey comes back?
2: Do you want her to be true? No, <laughs> No, because I I want the Bailey that was running around WrestleMania, getting in everybody's face before she got beat up by the Bellas, show popping up on SmackDown on occasion. I I think that that would be a lot of fun and an opportunity if she was physically able to do it. I I think I I don't know that I can handle that every week. You know what I mean? Because I do think that would grow stale. But if you're just if she if she's making spots, just making shows. And, and finds a way to continue to cultivate that, that bitchy character she's got going. Um, I think she could keep a good momentum without ever having to step in a ring.
1: You know, yes, I, I agree with you completely. Like she would get the hero's welcome if she came back being, being completely gone and we would miss her. And I don't know if we want to miss her at this point. The commentary one is something I hadn't thought of, but but I want to dig into that just for a second, because there's there's a couple different things with the commentary idea. First of all, Women on commentary has been very hit or miss in WWE, okay? Renee Young, I think the internet wanted to love Renee Young on commentary, but even Renee Young herself said it wasn't good. And it wasn't good. She, she, right. It's just not her thing. She was better at the hosting mm-hmm. and, and was amazing at it. Beth Phoenix has done a really good job on NXT and has settled into that role and is doing a great job. I think Bailey would sway... The, the numbers to the positive if she were on commentary on SmackDown, because I think she would do a great job. And I think she'd be in character, but I also think she would serve as a good analyst when needed and be able to provide that. Because one thing Pat McAfee can't do as a color commentary is the analyst part, because he's not a yeah. longtime professional wrestler. He's wrestled two, three matches now. Um, you know, and, and two of them, he had the benefit of being in the ring with the greatest performer on the, on God's Green Earth today. That, of course, <laughs> being Adam Cole. So, It's it's, Yes. I mean, come on. Like, like everybody knows this. There's just no, no one better. No one better than Adam Cole. See, see, I tried not to get sidelined by, by, or, you know, sidetracked by Adam Cole, but here it is. And I love Bronson Reed, but big man, you're barking up the wrong tree. Anyway. But I digress. But Bailey on commentary I think would be great. Here's the, other, here's the flip side of it, okay? And this is the unfortunate reality of people in life and, and certain people's personalities. Pat McAfee never does anything very long. He just doesn't. Like, go look at his history. He, he retired from the NFL earlier than many people thought he should have. He, he's been podcasting for a while, but his podcast is never at one home. I don't think his podcast is at a single home for a year. Because he gets into an argument with somebody, he pisses somebody off, and then ends up moving. He did the NXT thing. He did two stints in NXT that were short term lived, and, and then he. And now it was easy for him, right? He traveled down to Tampa every week to do SmackDown. He had a facility he was able to stay at that was provided by FanDuel and all that. Now that's gone. Now he's got to travel somewhere different every single week. The man doesn't even like traveling, and or even going out that much. So. At some point, he may miss some episodes or be needed to, to, you know, or or just stop doing this altogether. Like, that's a very good possibility. That's your opportunity, I think, to cart Bailey out there and and put her Because she's got to go have surgery and start rehab and commentary not really going to work that way. But once that takes place, then she can come back and, and, and do the commentary. So I do think that's a great opportunity for her. And and something that that could be good. Go back and watch the Breaking Ground series, that I'm assuming is on Peacock. Uh, I would hope it made it on there. Before she ever got quote unquote caught up to the main roster, Bailey was helping produce things, and when NXT was on the road, um, so was um, Scott Dawson, or whatever his name was from the revival. They were like two of the main producers in in NXT at the time when they were doing their Florida road shows. So she's already got kind of her hands in the business in other ways, and and. You know, I've said it before. We, we talked about it last week in the hashtag Miranda show. Female writers and producers aren't going to really take hold in WWE until the current crop of women take those roles. And, 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 cause then they won't feel so shoehorned as we talked about last week. But I think Bailey thinks big picture and thinks long term career with WWE. And this could be just an, an example of some of that. You know, it's kind of like when an NFL football player, sometimes they get hurt. So they go work for ESPN for that season and while they're rehabbing and everything. And I could see Bailey doing some of that and probably excelling at it and doing, doing a great job. So.
3: I dig it. We, oh, go ahead. That's it. I, I, <laughs> I dig it. And that's good. I, I, I
2: agree it. with Craig and Miranda.
1: Well, thank you both for agreeing with everybody. Let's go to commercial, make some picks.
0: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShop.com.
1: So WWE Money in the Bank, uh, the traditional pay-per-view on the road this year, a lot of times called the fifth major pay-per-view in WWE, uh, and and we're back. It's going to be in Fort Worth, Texas. Not a huge card, six matches, and and that's something that WWE has done more of during the pandemic era, and I'm glad to see it continue. I fired up an old Money in the Bank the other day while I was meal prepping, and there were like nine matches on the card, and it was just a lot, like a whole lot. And um, one thing I noticed, by the way, quick sidebar, one of the things I liked about that Money in the Bank, I think it was 2018, it's when uh, Roman Reigns wrestled Jinder Mahal. In the middle of the show, they threw it to, that's not why I like it, Um, although – Vastly integrated match um, But halfway through the show They throw it back over To the To the kind of the, the pre-show panel Who did a bunch of Coverage of the show So far And, and previewed What was coming up Kind of like the NFL Would do at halftime Of an NFL game A lot of NFL talk today Completely cut out Of the broadcast On on Peacock That portion Was not included At all whatsoever It just went from Match to match to match Not the kind of edit Anybody would ever Point out on social media Or complain about But I was just like I really like that aspect of the show. And it was something I wanted to see them keep doing. C- cut it out completely. Kind of like how they cut out the rain delay out of WrestleMania. But it's still there. Just as its own separate little episode broadcast on, on Peacock. So just a little aside that I noticed. But we have six matches at this year's Money in the Bank pay-per-view to talk about. And we are going to do it our typical old school way. Who should win? Who will win? And and we'll, uh, we'll pick it up. We'll go Miranda, Patrick, Greg. We'll just do it for each of them. Because I didn't come up with a rotation. So we'll be fine. Your very first match that we're going to talk about is the Raw Tag Team Championship. In case anybody forgot, AJ Styles and almost are your Raw Tag Team Champions. They picked that up at WrestleMania. I think they defended it like once or twice. They will defend against the Viking Raiders at Money in the Bank. Marina Morales. Who should win? Who will win?
3: Um, You know, I'm going to pick my should and, and will. And I say this hesitantly. But uh, you know, I have a theory behind this, and that's the the Viking Raiders. I just I, as you pointed out, we have forgotten about the raw tag team titles uh, with AJ Styles and Omos. And I think that you know the original pairing was a, a good idea, and I think it did a great job to elevate almost. but now that it's not really on the forefront, it's been kind of disconnected for a while. Um, you know, I don't know what's the point of them continuing to be tag team champions. So maybe getting it off of them for a while. And it seems like ever since WrestleMania, they're pushing the the Viking Raiders. That too has been touch and go uh, because that's been uh, intermittent. But I think that that would kind of breathe some new life into the Raw tag team division. So I'm going to say will and should and will the Viking Raiders.
1: Patrick O'Dowd.
2: Um, quick question. Are we teasing the breakup of AJ Styles and almost yet? Not really.
3: Hmm. Nah.
2: Then AJ Styles and almost should win and AJ Styles and almost will win as that is the cycle of the tag team world. We have the super team. They're not ready to go down yet until they start having discord and losing to a team like the Viking Raiders, which are also a peg down from the current tag team champions. Ergo AJ and almost retain.
1: I am on the same vein. I think AJ and almost should win. I think AJ and almost will win. Almost is not ready to go out on his own yet. Like he's just not. And unless he has another place but he's to go. Tall. Unless he's so he has another tall. Yeah, and they're already, you know, comparing him to other giants in WWE. It's all over the social media. Gonzalez. But
2: except, except <laughs> yes, that, one. that one. But
1: you know, Big Show, Andre They've shown it all, but to me, it's, it's, unless you have a plan for almost outside of AJ Styles, you keep them together and, and give them, give them more of a run. I, they don't have a ton of tag teams on Raw right now anyway. So because Miz and Morrison isn't a thing right now because of the injury and, and the hurt business, maybe they'll bring it back together. Who knows? But, um, they may hold that thing till after the draft, and 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 let things shore up a little bit in the tag team division, and then you can you can take it from there. Um, so for me, I think that AJ Styles and Almost should win and will win, uh, unless they have a different plan for Almost, and hopefully that involves somebody else because Almost is not ready to do it on his own. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship will be defended. Rhea Ripley, the Raw Women's Champion since WrestleMania, will finally go one on one. With Charlotte Flair. She will defend against Charlotte Flair. Uh, well, they went one-on-one at, at, uh, at Hell in a Cell. Rhea Ripley lost by disqualification, but kept her championship where Charlotte said, you're learning and what I thought was a great bit of storytelling. So here we are, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. Who will win? Who should win? Or actually, who should win? Who will win? Miranda Morales. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I think really who who should win is Rhea ripley uh i feel like they've done a lot of work in establishing her as you know this this new school this new breed uh within the raw women's division um and it's been kind of refreshing to see charlotte in the chase instead of as champion um, and I think there's still more to this story. I think it was stagnant for a while um, because of the silliness of, you know, these matches and and the DQs and even, you know, the the uh, crutch situation a few weeks ago. But I feel like they finally turned a corner this week. And now this kind of storytelling of. Rhea being able to be as smart outside of the ring as Charlotte or, or, or catching up has more story to it. So I'm going to say also who probably will win is, is Rhea Ripley.
1: All right. Two picks for Rhea. Patrick O'Dowd. Two picks for you. Picked Rhea. Well, she had both her picks for Rhea.
2: Oh, both. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, see you yeah. I, got, I got you. Um, Here's, here's the thing. I really wish that we could watch this feud in front of a a live audience building up to this because I think that would actually inform my my feelings regarding Rhea Ripley as as champion um, and this story in particular uh, because I do think this is one of those moments where the audience matters in terms of just how over is this new blood fresh champion uh, and would the WWE see it the same way if that makes sense i like the story um i agree that i feel like ria probably should win um but it's charlotte and it's really hard for me to go against lol charlotte wins especially Mm -hmm. as we're playing the i'm the smarter veteran i'm the crafty one uh Though this may not be the end of the this may not be the end of their, their encounters, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Charlotte's gonna win, even though I, I feel like Rhea should hold it a little bit longer.
1: The scary part of this situation is Rhea Ripley comes to Raw, immediately becomes Raw women's champion, and here we are we know the cycle in WWE, what happens to Rhea when she loses the belt. And if she loses the rematch to Charlotte, like then we're going to have the complaining again, because Rhea's not going to be at the forefront because it's just not as many spots. Um, there's an uprising in the women's division that I'm going to talk about later. And, and it's on the wrong right now. And I think that there, there's money in a potential feud down the road. You don't need to win money in the bank to have this feud. Um, and I also think as we hit the road again, WWE is going to put kind of their eggs in the basket that they know can deliver. And that's Charlotte Flair. Um So I do think Rhea Ripley should win this match, but I got to stick with LOL. Charlotte wins like Patrick O'Dowd said and go with Charlotte Flair to win. I don't think it's the end of the story, but I do think Charlotte Flair wins again. Plus remember we're rushing Charlotte Flair to 16 world title reigns as quickly as we can. So um right. this is an opportunity to do that. And I think people expect Charlotte to win at, you know, prior pay-per-views so here we are and, and i no. think this is the what the one where charlotte flair picks up the victory and and is your new raw women's champion lol charlotte
2: craig do you think do you think fans would make a difference yes like do you think if there was something to respond to because that's that's why i'm so uncertain on this so, and why certain i think there. it hurts i think it hurts Rhea. yeah because they haven't had an opportunity to respond to her
1: well, i think it, it might help it, it, Rhea.
2: i this I agree. Where, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This
1: is where the WWE universe is so split between NXT and Ron SmackDown. Rhea is not. She she got over with the WrestleMania crowd, but that's a WrestleMania crowd. That's that's different. Right. right? That that's mm-hmm. that's an anomaly. I think Fort Worth, Texas, might boo the shit out of Rhea Ripley and be yeah. solidly behind Charlotte <laughs> Flair.
3: Well, and that's kind of my guess. In that, maybe the change doesn't happen now, but maybe if if they push this another pay per view, maybe SummerSlam is where they get that big response. So I I don't think it's it's not happening at all. But I think they may be talk about putting their eggs in one basket, maybe waiting for more of that bigger pop in Las Vegas.
1: Maybe, but I think it. it- if you want that bigger pop, do you want Rhea to be on the chase and see how she does as a chaser in front of fans? I don't know. It could go either way, but I'm I'm thinking that Charlotte, I think, you know, when, when, when all else fails, LOL, Charlotte wins. Sure. So next up, we have the third, uh, there's six matches on this card. Two are co-branded three are from raw. One is from SmackDown. Uh, The WWE championship will be defended when Bobby Lashley, the almighty WWE champion steps in the ring with Kofi Kingston To defend his WWE Championship, Miranda Morales, to start with you, who should win and who will win when Bobby Lashley defends against Kofi Kingston?
3: I know I'm becoming a habit of this, but, you know, this one truly makes sense as far as who should win Bobby Lashley. I mean, he's on a roll. He is the dominant champion. And even though this has been a a fairly interesting story to tell, um, there's always money in Kofi in in the chase. And I just, it's still unrealistic. I think it's smart the way that they've told the story and utilized Someone like uh, Kofi, who has you know years of experience, tons of titles under his belt, Um, but you know, I mean, he's really unstoppable. Bobby Lashley, I I I feel like he doesn't necessarily get some of the same credit as Roman Reigns is getting um, in his title reign, and I don't know if it's just because of the the still the presentation's a little different, Uh, maybe the expectation is is different, but I don't at this point I don't really. see Bobby Lashley losing this title anytime soon so as far as my will win as well is is Bobby Bob I'm sorry
1: yes Bob Bob of course Bob Patrick O'Dowd Bob and Kofi
2: I'm going to call us back to Greg DeMarco shows past Bobby Lashley is a man Hmm. Kofi's a dude and I like Kofi a lot I don't think Kofi. Sh- I don't think Kofi should win. I think this is a very reasonable feud for for Bobby to have to, to have a little bit of a threat of a loss. And I like you know the change in attitude that that's that's coming about for Bobby, kind of a return to earth, or sorry, Bob. But Bob Bob should win this match. Bob will win this match, and it's because Bob's a man, and Kofi's Kofi's just a dude.
1: I think that. The way they ended RAW, the promo they ended RAW, which is great. It was the best promo I've ever seen Bobby Lashley deliver, ever. Where he basically called MVP out and, and 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 you know destroyed the set of the MVP lounge or the VIP lounge and basically told him it's time to get rid of all this crap and and get back to business. MVP was scared, right? You could see that, and MVP ain't stupid. His whole run in WWE with MVP since the pandemic, never has he been stupid. He is going to figure it out with Bobby Lashley. And whether that means bringing Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin back in the fold and bringing the Hurt Business back or or bringing somebody new into the Hurt Business, I don't know. But MVP will figure it out. And I think that's going to ultimately be the story of this match at Money in the Bank and, and where we are. I do think Bobby Lashley should win. I do think Bobby Lashley will win for those reasons. It's interesting. We talk about Bobby Lashley not getting the credit that say a Roman Reigns gets. Drew McIntyre was on a roll. And I think for a while, remember when Bobby Lashley beat the Miz, everybody just assumed this was so Drew could beat Bob at WrestleMania. And then Bob wins at WrestleMania. And Bob keeps winning. And now Drew's probably going to get shipped off to SmackDown after SummerSlam in the draft. And Bob's the guy. And, and we just didn't realize WWE picked Bob to, to get a push. They didn't pick him over Drew because Drew's still a, a made man in the company, but Bob is as well. And, and they knew, you know, they needed to make new stars. And here they are. They made Bob one. Now he's not a young star, but he's a star who's still got plenty of, of tread left on the tires. And there's just money in, you know, the hurt business. And I think the hurt business is going to make a comeback to me. That reset that took place on Raw. Where Bob told MVP it was time to get back to business. That to me was like, okay, we're going back on the road. We need the Hurt Business to be what the Hurt Business was because it got so many other people over in the process, and we need that group because we need something for people to fight from underneath too. And that's the Hurt Business. So whether it's it's there's, there's something's going to happen at Money in the Bank. To bring the Hurt Business back together. Whether it's the same people, whether it's new people, I don't know. But back to business is definitely not a line that was just thrown out there whatsoever, in my opinion. So we do have our lone SmackDown match on the card now. It was, Bianca Belair and Bailey were supposed to be a SmackDown match as well. But Roman Reigns, your Tribal Chief, my Tribal Chief, everybody's Tribal Chief that we here for acknowledge, will defend the Universal Championship in a one-on-one contest against Edge. Many people thought this would take place at SummerSlam. Uh, but this is our first pay view on the road. We need something big like this, Roman Reigns and Edge. Miranda, we'll start with you. Who should win and who will win in our Universal Championship match?
3: Do we even have to ask? I mean, no, like, I, no I that's, it's, it's, it's science. You know? Here comes it's the, the big dog. It's the truth. It's the way. It's the light. It's, you know, the Alpha Omega. It's, you know, what, whatever, however you want to call it. We just talked about, you know, the, the reign of, of Bob Lashley and how much it's shaped Monday Night Raw. Um, take, you know, it, it's just Roman Reigns has amplified that. And I do like this continuance of a feud with Edge. Um, I kind of like how it's been a, a stopgap. And I know some of that was just due to Edge and, you know, his health and everything like that. Um, But I mean, it's been a a beautiful reign, like pun intended, I guess, like it's it's done such an amazing job. And I feel like even though Edge has come back with this huge amount of aggression um, and taking that out on the Usos and and trying to take it out on, on Roman, you know, this is just another peg within the, the reign of Roman and to really one-on-one um, be Edge is going to just kind of continue to solidify his, his reign. And so I just don't see any other outcome. I think it would be great if Edge won. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it, but I just don't see that happening. Um, Edge, I mean, Roman is such a powerhouse and everything he does, even just how they didn't and did address the current situation with uh, Jimmy, like, is was way better than I thought. You know, by by saying everything and nothing, and just the subtlety and everything has been just magic. So, you know, nobody loses here. It's going to be a great match, and if for some reason Edge would win, it would be amazing. But who who will win? Who should win? Who you know? Again, the fact is. Roman Reigns is still going
2: to be your universal champion. Patrick. Uh, not too much to add there. Just, yeah, I agree. Roman Reigns. It's, I feel like we're just all chalked today uh, on, on the Babyface Hill podcast. I feel like Roman Reigns should win. I feel like he will win. I feel like both champions right now are very much those. We're building those dominant forces where it's gotta be a huge deal for someone out of nowhere to win, the to, to unseat them. Uh, you know, you talked about the getting back to business thing. You've really Roman Reigns has really built and cultivated this character. Whoever beats him, it needs to be a huge deal and a celebration. It does not need to be Hall of Fame, multi-time World Heavyweight Champion Edge. I think Edge, like Miranda, you described, is a good again a, a good rival to face him and go down to him. And continue to build the Roman Reigns momentum until we get whoever is going to be the one to unseat him. Maybe it's Drew McIntyre. um, Maybe it's someone else. Who knows? But uh, I don't don't think it's the time, brother. I don't even think they
1: know. I don't think they've made that decision yet. No, I don't think they are either. Keep the train going. Everybody talks about how Roman Reigns should enter WrestleMania 38, right? Yeah. WrestleMania 38 as your Universal Champion. I think you should enter WrestleMania 39 as your universal champion. Like, I don't think you should lose for a long ass time. Like that's the closest you could get to a Bruno San Martino like run in the modern day WWE like, yeah. two and a half years as champion. Like that would be insane in, in this, this, this era hasn't been done since I don't even like Hogan. Like I don't even punk. know last time that happened. Like punk wasn't two well, and a half was- years. Punk was 400 and some days.
2: Um oh. Brock, was- was a year Brock was over. I thought somebody was like 700 team. or something.
1: Maybe Barack was. Well, Walter is, but that doesn't really count. Um,
2: Maybe maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, but you're right.
1: But to have a run like that, two and a half years, that would be just insane, right? It'd be unheard of. Um, And I would love every second of it. And and that's what they should do. Get them through this WrestleMania, then get them to the next WrestleMania, um, which is in Hollywood against The Rock anyway, probably. So who knows? Um, But yeah, Roman Reigns should win. Roman Reigns will win. I mean, his reign is strong enough to let people get away with DUIs. So that's where we are. And, and Jimmy will, will do something at some, I mean, point. you're
2: right. But wow.
1: But it's, true.
3: it's, you know, but I, I did see the comparison, of the same. And I think it was WWE or someone had the, the, side-by-side comparison of his hug with Jimmy and Jay with, with Brett's. And I was like, uh-huh. uh, damn. Yeah. That's such a, damn. They yeah. did it. They yep. did it.
1: It's well done. Bunch of
3: assholes. It's how could you? How could you be this? Damn
1: it. They could. I didn't
3: want to, but I do.
1: Yeah. It's 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 fantastic. It's so good what they're doing. So that brings us to the two Money in the Bank ladder matches. The women's Money in the Bank ladder match features Asuka versus Naomi versus Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Ash, her new name, Nikki almost a superhero, versus Liv Morgan versus Zelina Vega. Versus Natalia versus one competitor from SmackDown, still to be determined. This is where Patrick O'Dowd made the comment that this show is going chalk. Well, Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank can kind of go chalk, because it's the, the Rumbles and the Money in the Bank ladder matches that matter the most. This is where I think your surprises can come, Miranda Morales. Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, who should win and who will win?
3: Oh, gosh. Yeah. this is This one's a lot harder, because, I mean... You you think about even last year and kind of had polar opposites of someone on the women's side that you kind of had a feeling would win and could, you know, should win in Asuka. And, you know, the result of that with her ending up winning the, the women's championship compared to the men's side, someone completely out of left field and be more experimental and that experiment not necessarily working out as as well as it could have, or however. I guess so It probably as far worked as the, out as
1: good as it could have, to be honest with you.
3: Yeah, yes, yeah. So as far as who will win, I'm going to flip this around. You know, I have a feeling because of how much this person has been pushed and been on the forefront of, you know, the women's division on both sides, and and I think you talked about this too a few weeks ago, Greg, when you look at the visuals of the logos from Monday Night Raw and uh, Friday Night SmackDown, you know, one of the prominent faces on the Monday Night Raw logo is Alexa Bliss. And she's, you know, gone full steam ahead. So it's hard not for for me not to think the company's going to go in that direction with her. And because her character is erratic and strange and, you know, come out of nowhere, it does lend itself to some interesting storytelling with money in the bank. As far as who should win, you know, I would love to see this really elevate someone's career. When you think about someone who maybe you didn't expect to win, but did beautiful things with it, Carmella, you know, and how that really solidified her career and took her in a new direction by winning. So I'm a little torn in a few ways, but Nikki Ash, even though it's kind of a quirky character and it's still something I'm getting used to, I feel like it would be kind of a very big motivational and like, you know, a big baby face a push for her to have this and i don't think she would need to win but i think having that and this like just i think it would add more to her character someone you know believing in yourself and like good stuff i don't you know for the for the kids i don't really you know no <laughs> almost superhero thing yeah. but it's truly meant to convey because really i'm an adult and i'm bitter um so <laughs> Uh, but I could see it really elevating it, like, you know, hard work, vacation, and you know, uh, leading to it. So I think, as far as you know, who, who should it should be someone that's maybe unexpected, like, like Nikki Ash.
1: She's Bailey, and that's what she's, she's what Bailey used to be at this point and what she could mm-hmm. be. And that's right. a ton of potential, which is a good thing. Patrick O'Dowd, women's money in the bank. Who should win? Who will win?
2: I mean, my off the wall pick would have been a bitter and jaded Liv Morgan. Um, just the way the way that she's been showing up and like just getting in everyone's faces, it would, it would, you know, kind of this whole the world is against me or at least Sonya's against me um, has been entertaining for, for what it's worth for me to see. And it would, I think it would be a great, great victory with all that said, and this would be the right time to do it. Like, it's, like you said, anything can happen to money in the bank. With all that said, it, it's like you said. It's hard to deny Alexa Bliss um, because she she really is everywhere. Like, which is the uh, see this? I'm going back. I'm going back on this now because why? Why do we need her to win it? Why do we need? Why like? Why does she, Why what? What purpose does it really serve with her as, as champion? It, it, she doesn't need it. um It doesn't really do it. Like her character is still going to be great no matter what. Um, so you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say Liv Morgan just because even though Alexa Bliss should win. And I okay. don't care if I'm wrong. I'm doing something off. There you go. Disagreeing, right. damn it. That's okay. Get on we with should, your bad self.
1: The thing about the Women's Money in the Bank briefcase is that since Carmella, no one has really carried the briefcase. Like we've had right. we had two straight immediate And that cashing.
3: pissed me off. I remember doing a rant about yeah, that last year. It pisses me off that they, yeah. they kind of did those back-to-back. We had the back-to-back
1: I, I was there for
2: the Bailey cash-in. Yeah, and
1: it was well done. And so was the Alexa yeah. Bliss cash-in. They were both very well done. Yeah. And then you had Asuka not carrying the briefcase really at all because she got the title instead. So to me, I think that I look at who would be really good carrying the briefcase. And that's who my should win is like who would really drive that thing home and rub it in people's faces and carry that briefcase and make carrying the briefcase mean something again. And that's Zelina Vega, in my opinion. Like if she <laughs> carries that briefcase around and rubs it in people's faces and she could do a really good job with that briefcase and 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 really just drive that thing home. Um, so that's my should and, and who should win. Who will win this match? I'm going a little off the board as well. I'm going with the name that hasn't been added to the match yet. And I think the person who will be added to the match and who will actually win the Women's Money in the Bank briefcase and also be able to carry it for a while and tell a good story with it is Sonya Deville. I think this is where they bring her back in the ring. I think she's done a great job. It's interesting because as I'm watching SmackDown this past Friday, I realized they now officially term her WWE official Sonya Deville not like assistant, anything else. Like she is now on par with Adam Pierce in in her role on screen. But I do think that we are going to have Sonia Deville making her big return. She said, she put Natalia in there and said, I'm going to bring stability to this women's division. She said, I am going to bring stability to this women's division. And I'm going to start by adding Natalia. She said, I am going to bring stability to the women's division. She's going to do it by inserting herself back into it. Basically, the, the, her last act of power will be to benefit herself. She deserves it. And I think she ends up winning that briefcase as we head on the road. Um, and there's so many reasons to do it, just from a talented performer to, to their most, you know, outward LGBTQ performer. Like, there's a lot that they can do with Sonya Deville. And, and I think that this is, it's also a great idea and something that I would love to see happen. And she'd be very entertaining with the briefcase as well. So. Sonya Deville is my, my who will win. Delina Vega is my who should win, which brings us to the final match on the card, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Ricochet, John Morrison, I'm sorry, Johnny Nitro Morrison-Mundo, Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Biggie, Kevin Owens, Shinsuke King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins are your eight competitors in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Miranda Morales, who should win and who will win? Yes.
3: Yeah. My should win is someone who I think has lost a little bit of momentum, but I think with this win could kind of get back up the the rankings or there's no rankings, but, you know, the scale, the mountain, whatever it is. Um, and that's Big E. I feel like he had some good momentum, uh, for, for months and kind of lost that, uh, for, for a while. And it's been talked about. It's been the thing that has been talked about for quite some time. And now that he's still truly, you know, on his own, um, I I think it could be exactly that too. It could elevate him. He can do some fun things with the uh, briefcase as, as well, both visually, as you talked about. Um, And and again, uh, would he win? No, but I do think that being able to have that feather in his cap and be somewhat of a believable challenger, the unpredictability, I I think that, that he is someone who would really benefit from this, who would help elevate it. He would help, you know, just have that as an important thing in, in his career, but also, you know, be able to tease that to to Rome at any time, um, or even to to um you know Bob Lashley. And that's an interesting thing too, that maybe if he's done with Kofi, then Big E comes in too. There's story intertwined there. As far as who will win, this is gonna be out of left field, but going back to what we talked about visually. And experiments that maybe didn't work last year, but could work this year. I'm going to go with Riddle. I just feel like he's been really entertaining. And, you know, with his scooter, with all his craziness that happens. And it actually could lead into maybe an interesting in-between story with him and Randy. That, you know, Riddle got a spot and Randy didn't. And, you know, they feud uh, over him winning the briefcase. I don't know, but I understand last year that experiment with Otis didn't work. But I feel like they, they may try it again with Riddle, um, with you know, just the, the cleverness and kind of stupidity with it. And you know, it's not only that they've had Brock Lesnar clips throughout WWE, it's him being dumb with the briefcase. And so I feel like, you know, who's going to be done with the briefcase? Uh, That's Riddle. And I I just feel like that they may. Again, I don't think – and that's another thing, too, is that, you know, all of – people in this match could be, you know, believable competitors, but I don't see whoever's cashing this in actually winning the championship. Maybe Drew McIntyre if he won – but I don't believe any whoever's having it is actually going to win. So, you know, why not have it as maybe someone that they could elevate it, but also use it as a prop in the way that they love.
2: Patrick. See, I refuse to pick Matt Riddle because I hate Matt Riddle. Uh,
3: I know you do. I'm just, I'm just thinking the way the WWE <laughs> thinks. which is but, stupid and, Well, but
2: here's the, here's the thing is the WWE. You, 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 you talked about the Otis experiment. I, the WWE never had their heart in that. No. Like, they really did. not They never really were behind that. They're behind Matt Riddle. Like, as much as it bothers me personally, they're clearly behind this guy and see big, big things for him. And frankly, in front of a live audience, a guy who I think is probably over without a live audience Coming into a live audience is going to be just as over. Him winning Money in the Bank would probably go over really, 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 really well for them, um, and, and I, I could see that making a lot of sense. Um, I don't. I. I actually honestly think Seth Rollins should win, um, just because I think it's time for him to get back into that fold. And, and, you know, not necessarily a character who needs it, but also the kind of guy, Greg, you were talking about who could carry that briefcase. Um, he could carry that briefcase uh, and do it and do it very, very well with current, with his current iteration. And, you know, being Mr. Money in the Bank makes a lot of sense. Um, so he's who I think should win. Uh, I, uh, who will win? I don't think it's going to be McIntyre. Um, you know what I do? I'm going to go with should and will. I, will. I will go with Seth Rollins for both.
1: I think Rollins is a good pick. Rollins on SmackDown pointed out the fact that last time he held that briefcase, he cashed in on Roman Reigns. And and it's you know interesting because they're on the brand together now. The only way I see Roman losing anytime soon is if it is via cash in and then winning it right back anyway, which you could easily manipulate somebody into doing. My should is going to be a very interesting should because I think it's kind of out of left field. And maybe if you ranked everybody on this list, he would be 7th or 8th on your list of who should win the briefcase. That's John Morrison. I would love to see John Morrison hold this briefcase. It's almost like a continuation of the story they did with The Miz last year. And is it too much of a repeat? Maybe, but putting that shoe on the other foot and, and having... You know, you could literally do everything where Miz cashes in for Morrison and he loses, but gets to keep the briefcase and everything. And and John Morrison has done such a great job. Uh, I think it's a good reward for him and, and where he's at and would love to, to see that take place. And I think it'd be a lot of fun to see care of the briefcase as well. And again, be highly entertaining. Big E to me is a great should, but I think he's going to raw in the draft. The briefcase has never been drafted from one brand to another. Not that it couldn't be, because I think it definitely could be, and it'd be just fine because you can cash in on anybody anyway. Um, I think Big E and and Bob Lashley is a program that's going to happen no matter what. Um, My will, I can't get off of the, uh, the same idea that I heard before. And it's what I was thinking going into this. I honestly think that that Matt Riddle is going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. And I think the story there is going to be Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. Not only do I think Matt Riddle is going to win the briefcase, I think Matt Riddle is going to win the briefcase because of Randy Orton. This is a no disqualification match. Anybody can interfere at any time. And I think Randy Orton will be the reason that Matt Riddle leaves with this briefcase. Much to the surprise of Matt Riddle himself. I think Orton is going to start the manipulation. We have seen the briefcase change hands more than once. We've never seen the briefcase change hands more than once before being cashed in. And I wonder if we actually get Orton winning the briefcase from Riddle at some point and then Riddle winning it back at some point as well and, and treating this briefcase somewhat like a championship. Um, at, one, at certain points, it's not the same as it used to be, but it used to be the most important title in all of WWE. It used to be the Money in the Bank briefcase. So I think that Matt Riddle is going to leave Money in the Bank as your briefcase holder as well. That will do it for our picks for WWE Money in the Bank. I hope everybody enjoys it this coming weekend. That's also going to do it for this week's edition of the Babyface Heel podcast as we have gone over an hour, gave you some great in-depth analysis on both Bailey and the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. You can find Patrick O'Dowd on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can find Miranda Morales not on Twitter. Uh, but you can find her on Facebook and Instagram at the hashtag Miranda. You can find me at Chairshot Greg. The website is thechairshot.com. dot Find it at Chairshot Media. Miranda, if, if someone wanted to get one of those T shirts, where are they doing it?
3: That would be at prowrestlingtees dot forward slash the
1: absolutely where they should go and, and do that. Tell your friends about the podcast. Again, it's Wednesday. Tomorrow, we've got Head Trauma Thursdays for Chair Shot Radio, the hashtag Miranda Show, pod is war, and so much more. So go out there, give those things a listen, like, subscribe, leave the reviews, do it all for yourselves and for everybody else here at the ChairShot Radio Network. We hope you enjoy the pay-per-view this weekend, the pay-per-views this weekend, as we will be previewing Slammiversary here coming up on the Hashtag Miranda Show. Look out for the nerd review Patrick Redow talked about on ChairShot Radio of Black Widow and so much more coming your way. But until you do any of that, there's really one thing that you absolutely have to do, and that is the reminder to always use your head.
3: Mandy TheChairShot.com Always use your head